What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Apogee Podcast. Welcome to season two. My name is David Carter. My name is Kevin Harrington. (laughs) Kevin, it's so great to have you here on the show, buddy. Thank you very much. It's great to be here, David. Yeah, man. You had a long week over in Nashville this past week, yeah? I did. I did. Tell the folks a little bit about that. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, shoot the Maui Invitational this year. Because of COVID restrictions, they moved it to the mainland. And so all the teams were in a bubble, you know, and we were, I I was considered second, I was actually considered third tier, which also the ESPN photographer and the AP photographer were considered third tier. And all that was was a local temperature check and a survey we had to pass every time we came in. Do you know Um, how they chose Asheville from Maui? I think, uh, I don't know. I can give you my opinion. I think it's just the size. I think it's... um, the size of the arena um, and their ability to get it done. Such a bummer. It was so close, yeah. but nobody could go watch. Yeah, there was no fans. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, if you look at my Instagram account, the photo I posted today, um, it was it was very. It was the weirdest thing. You know, you've got a you know a fifteen thousand seat arena, and the only people that are in there are the teams and their people, and whoever runs the scoreboard and whoever is allowed media access. That's it. Did they have oversound like oh, yeah, they fans had piped and all in. that? They all that. They had piped in music. Yeah. Piped in crowd noise and all that's adaptive. Because mm-hmm. I took a picture looking down at it, and it's basically it's adaptive to how the score is going. That's so, awesome. Like at the but not really. <laughs> I mean, it is awesome because at least for viewers on TV, it seems somewhat normal. Did you did, we, did you watch I it? Watched I, it. I didn't get to see it. Yeah, so I man. watched it. It was great. Could you tell that there were obviously there were no fans? There was no fans in the seats, the but the sound was fine. Okay. So. Anyways, if you guys are interested, if you're not following Kevin yet, which I'm sure a lot of you are because he has a lot more followers than I think all three of us in this room do combined, um, go on Instagram and follow him. He's got some awesome photos of the Maui Invitational College Basketball Hoops. Um, Before we get into today's episode, I do want to go over our sponsors again. We've got CrossFit Greer still uh, for season two. Uh, If you're interested in getting involved in CrossFit and you're in the Greer area, go ahead and look them up. Jen and Reagan Green own the gym. Uh, mention the Apogee podcast to them, and they will give you 10% off your first month's membership. And is Blitz Belt still sponsoring We still it? have Blitz Belts. That's amazing. Yeah, Chris Kane coming in strong. It's a great belt company. I've used them from day one. Yeah, you know, well, you so, photographed them yeah, from day, day one. one. Yep, so, so uh, go on to blitzbelts.com. Great weightlifting belts. Chris Kane got, makes them by hand. He's got his own shop with a sewing machine. Every single belt that you purchase or people purchase from there has been made by Chris Kane. Um, pick out your favorite belt. He has an awesome application where you can customize your own belt and he can even fit it exactly to you with this neat online application. Um, go to checkout, punch in Apogee, all caps, A-P-O-G-E-E at the discount, and you will get 15% off discount um, on that purchase. Do it for Christmas. Reward yourself. It's really worth it. Totally. All right. uh, Moving into uh, the first episode of season two, we have got Mr. Beast Mode himself, Paulo Bassini. So, Paulo, um, I have... Actually, Paulo was probably... He was, not probably, he was my first friend that I met in Greenville, South Carolina. I want to know the story. How touching. Oh, we'll get into that. Okay, We will right. get into how me That's and Paulo met. Oh, yeah. Um, but 
yeah, Paulo, great person. He's been around the CrossFit community um, for a very long time now. Has competed in various uh, competitions around the upstate. Um, probably, in my opinion, one of the best all-around CrossFitters in the area when it comes to anything from lifting to swimming. I think he's probably the most well-rounded individuals in the sport in this area. Um, so that being said, Paulo, you're on this very high pedestal right now. Welcome to oh the podcast. <laughs> hey man, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me over. Yeah. Season two, huh? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty you're cool. You're kicking it off. You wow. are, dude. Wow. Um, is this your first podcast? This is my very first one. Yes, sir. Are you um, nervous? I am a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You know me too well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and especially coming after, you know, Kevin and Allison and some of the, you know, Gordon less, less time. I mean, you guys, they're amazing, you know, kind of yeah. set the bar, the bar real high here. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm a little nervous. Dude, but you're fine. Oh, well. Um, they they we're did all naked. Oh, gosh. It works well that way. <laughs> oh, I cannot unseen that. Okay. We, we, me and Kevin both have pretty, uh, well, Kevin's got a stellar beard going on right now. Hey, yours is growing in. Mine's man. coming in, so You'll be fine. there's nothing beautiful about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paulo, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Like, where are you from? Where were you raised? What kind of family life did you have growing up? All that. Yeah, man, absolutely. So a lot of people actually don't know this about me, but I was born and raised in Brazil. I moved to West when I was 20, and then I, I'll get to it in a little bit. But anyways, growing up, you know, just your typical Brazilian person, um, you know, where our biggest sport is soccer. You know, I always played soccer growing up. That's uh, my favorite sport, um, you know, and it's actually pretty competitive even when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about when I was already 10 or 11 years old. Um, I'm from a big city um, in Brazil. So basically, there's three main soccer clubs where I came from. Okay. And, uh, and then the youth divisions there, um, they actually recruit players from other states, other countries. Uh, so it's pretty competitive soccer, you know, playing mm-hmm. growing up. Do they have their own pro league, like the German league, the Bundesliga, and like the Italian league? Yes. What no. is it called there? What do they call it? It's called um, Brazilian um, Brazilian league. Okay. It's, all right. It's, yeah, that's 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 how they call it. Um, and um, you know, you get all these kids, and they dream about becoming professional soccer players, and most of them are actually pretty poor. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so growing up, I my family actually, you know, we're middle class growing up but i was actually a lot with you know some very poor people and now as we get close to christmas uh this is something that i always tell my daughter you know like um because thankfully i'm able to provide but i've like i said i've seen both sides of things uh, where you know those little kids they'll get a cleat you know a pair sure. of cle- or a so- yep. use soccer ball mm-hmm. and they'll be so happy mm-hmm. that would make their ear you know, i mean like their christmas and then we're here, you know, people like get so much. Right. Uh, so again, so growing up, uh, you know, I've seen uh, both sides um, playing sports. I have a younger brother, an older sister, uh, and they're all still in Brazil. My parents still in Brazil. They're all in Brazil. And, what uh, part of Brazil specifically, if, if you feel like saying it? Yeah, yeah. It's called Belo Horizonte. Uh, it, I know most people here, they never heard of. But it's a pretty big city. Okay. Um, I just looked at it today, and they said um, I think it's right at 1.5 million people. That's a lot of people. Wow. Yeah. So, and then I end up here in Anderson. You know, <laughs> I only asked that because I have a friend of mine who I went to high school with, and she was a exchange student, and she was from Brazil. She was from Rio. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, I've uh, Rio's beautiful, man. Like, y'all, y'all need to go there one year. You'd make so. Yeah, how I'd far away is your city from Rio? It's about an eight-hour driving, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. So how far is it to the city of Brasilia that's in the middle of the? So it's kind of in between Rio and Brasilia. So it's another okay. eight hours, but on the opposite direction. Okay. All right. Yeah. Look at you, man. You know your geography. I I I find that kind of stuff amazing. I mean, it's it's. I think it's important to know where you're from. Yeah. When the World Cup was in Brazil, not too long ago, right? It was in 2014. Right. So what's the, was that in Rio? It was kind of all over the place. Okay. So we had in Rio, Sao Paulo, Brasilia, Belo Horizonte. Mm-hmm. So you do have like different places. And then they kind of play, kind of eliminate each other. And then they play the final game in, in Rio. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's how, how it goes. All right. So, so I know, I'm asking this question. Go for it. it. So I know he wasn't a player from Brazil, but Maradona, what is your feelings about him and his passing and everything? Man, these guys, he knows all kind of stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. so... In South America, it's because of soccer. Um, Argentina and Brazil, it, it's a very big rivalry in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're Brazilian, you say Pelé was the best of all time. If you're Argentinian, you, you know they'll fight you, and they'll say Maradona's, you know, was the best of all time. The hand of God. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I mean, he was he was amazing. Um, I, you know, you watch some of his videos and. You start learning a little bit about the guy. I mean, like, he was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who was the best of all times. I'm probably going to get, you know, somebody's going to beat me up when I go <laughs> yeah. home. But honestly, like, they were, like, amazing, mm-hmm. both of them. That's so, awesome. you know, similar to sports here, a lot of kids, they start baseball, soccer, football, a very young age, and very quickly they start to specialize in a position in that sport. Was that similar for soccer for you? Did you start specializing in a certain position in soccer that was like your spot on the field? Or did you kind of develop into an all-around player and as you got better and better, like into your teenage years, did you become, you were a forward? Yes. Correct. But basically, believe it or not, I used to be a defender, which is the opposite. Okay. Um, and as you grow up, you kind of start figuring things out, see where you like better. And then you you move around, um, and that's what kind of happened to me. Uh, I really didn't like playing as a defensive player. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to score goals, and you know uh, mm-hmm. that's the fun part. Yeah, uh, you know. Uh, and and when I was maybe 13, 14, that's when I was like, no, nah, I'm just gonna go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a striker. I'm not gonna be very tall. We usually get tall defenders. Um, sure. You know, and I'm just gonna go for it. See what happens. Sweet. So. As far as going back to that league, that city league that you were talking about, where um, kind of the developmental league, there's sounds like there's various brackets of, you know, from beginners to very advanced and everything in the middle. How far up that bracket did you get to, to where you were playing? At what level were you playing in Brazil? So I was at the... Um in my city at the highest level growing up uh, and you do have you know kind of place like CISA you do have play, um, places like that mm-hmm. but the one that I was playing growing up it was it's very competitive so like I said people come from other states so they basically they leave their house at the age of 10 11 uh, and they they go uh, and then they move in they live in you know they, they sleep in a dorm mm-hmm. they wake up they, they eat in the cafeteria and then they go tr- practice and then they go to school and then back to practice so it was very competitive um, growing up. And like I said, you got to be very good to play at that level. Um, so would you guys destroy the CISA team here? 
<laughs> I, don't, I guess yes because like i said like yeah. these that's all that's kids all they growing up of yeah. favelas yeah you know what favela was, is yeah i was about to ask you well, i wasn't yeah. when you said middle class he's like no you wasn't in the favelas no i wasn't but honestly like they're the best players that my understanding i mean i used to coach i used to coach kids soccer that's why i know a little bit about it and uh, from my understanding, you have a kid that, that comes from that kind of area, and it's across the board. If they're passionate about it, a lot of times that's their only way out. Yep. You know, that's how basketball is in America, and that's how baseball is in America. Mm-hmm. That's that's their ticket to freedom. Sure, absolutely. You know? And so those kids see that. I mean, my heart goes out to them. You know, I had a, and I don't mean to take the time, but, I, you know, I coached the kid, and uh, he wound up, he wound up, uh, he now coaches up in Charlotte. But he went to college and played, and he came from, you know, he wasn't, you know, his mom worked at Kentucky Fried Chicken. His yeah. dad left when he was young. You know, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the story yeah. that everybody wants to hear. And I just, I find that amazing. My question to you is this, is um, about that, about the league. Is it is it still possible for kids to come out of the favela to make it the professionals? Yeah, I'll even say, like, most of them are there all so they do they, but do they have to pay like we have CISA here like so you have to pay to play mm-hmm. so do they have that I mean obviously you said they had some kind of stuff like that but do they have it for the kids or is it a state like is it a state like level kind of thing where they come in and see like a group of kids that are great let's weed them out and then send them on or yes that's okay. basically how you do have like like you said places like CISA you know where they just go in they pay and mm-hmm. you know and everybody gets to play and then you also have the you know the the side where um, you go to combine, mm-hmm. and if you make it to the team, great. Uh, it could be you know the next year you're there for a year, but the next year somebody better comes, then you're out. They'll right. send you back home. Uh, and we're talking about like um, this place that I played at age of twelve. Some of these kids that came from other states, they're actually making a little bit of money. They're not allowed to sign a professional contract by law. But they would get money, and they would send their money to their families yeah. to support them. And then we're talking about twelve-year-old kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, which is you know, it's amazing how people have it here. Uh, you know, the CISA complex. You look at it, you see twelve, fourteen soccer fields, and they all grass. Growing up, I would I used to play like out on the street, no tennis shoes, and just get a you know a couple of socks and make a little ball out of it and then let's just go play man yeah man i've heard those stories i've never met anybody who actually lived that life that's amazing yeah that is really amazing and that's something i i want to teach my daughter you know i want to provide everything for her but also i want her to understand that you know there's places in the world that people don't have it mm. you know so I want, I want her to actually value everything that she gets Makes sense. Makes a lot of Absolutely. sense. Absolutely, I think that's huge. That's that's awesome. I think in America, a lot of kids, and I'll and I'll say I'm I'm, I'm right in the vein. We take we don't take advantage of what we do have, and the and what is what we do what is afforded to us. I mean, if you want to be something, you can be it. You just have to apply yourself because it's offered. You know, you can be a great guitar player. You can be a great photographer. You can be a great football player. You know, you just have to. You have to teach the kid that mindset, and, and that's that's one of the keys. If you could turn that on in a kid at a young age, then it's it's amazing to see that happen. I agree. Yeah, yeah I think exposing kids to all all areas of life and all walks of life when you're when they're young is is huge. I think especially in in this area right here. I love living in this area, but it is very much of a bubble, you know. So getting outside of this bubble and understanding that there's a great big world out there at a young age is huge for development. I know for myself, like 
I lived in northern New Jersey till the age of 10, so I was frequently around all walks of life, um, going into New York City and all that. And I think that I think that's helped me be able to communicate as an adult to all kinds of people who come into our clinic. You know, you know. So I, I totally 100% agree with both of you. Um, soccer brought you to the United States. How did that happen? Man, that's a crazy story. So. Um, Growing up, you know, getting out of um, high school, um, you know, playing soccer at the competitive soccer in Brazil, um, you either become professional or you got to go, you know, continue life. Mm-hmm. So I was in a place where um, the opportunity kind of presented. So we had a co- combine in, in Sao Paulo, which is seven, eight hours from my city. And uh, the coach from um, University of Louisville came down to watch all of us play um and um anyways i ended up going to sao paulo because at that point i wasn't gonna make it i wasn't good enough to make the brazil uh, professional leagues um but i was like in my mind you know 18 year old uh, coming out of high school hey and somebody tell you hey there is an opportunity for you to go to uh, united states to play soccer for four more years and then get a free education are you interested i said i'm in man that'll be awesome you know so I kind of went to Sao Paulo um, and I got recruited there. Uh, I had an offer to go to uh, Louisville University um, and I accepted it. But then you got to think about it. You actually got to take a, a few tests, uh, written tests, and you know, uh, in order to get accepted. And uh, when I took the test, man, I, I failed miserably. Were they so, personality tests, like the, the Wonderlick test? Well, the or? ACT, but the problem ah. is I learned Spanish in high school. I, I I would do everything I could in order to stay away from English. And uh, when I had to take the test, mm-hmm. I found out I didn't know anything. So there's basically no ACT or SCT equivalent in Spanish? Nope. Wow. Well, just to kind of preface this. Or at least they didn't have it when right. I took it. In Brazil, people speak Portuguese. 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 So your second language that you learned in high school was Spanish. So I had a choice, um, you know, either go to Spanish or English. And like I said, man, I, for some reason, I hated uh, speak English. Um, never try to learn. Um, so I decided to take Spanish. I guess it's because it's easier for me to learn mm-hmm. Spanish. It's a lot closer than English. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like my day would be literally I would go to school in the morning. Uh, and at about one o'clock, I would, you know, my dad would take me to a bus. Uh, this bus would take me, would drive one hour away to our uh, the place where we'd practice. I'd stay there until six, seven p.m. that day. Then the bus drives you home. I'd get home eight p.m., eat dinner, go to sleep, do the same thing. Wow. So I did that growing up. How many um, days a week? Five days, and then on Friday, on Fridays, I'd go and stay there, and then I'd stay in the dorm with all the other players. Trying to get ready for the game next day. Was that three sixty five? It's um, it's eight nine months of the year. Wow. wow. And and again, twelve years old. So I tried it the easy way in high school. You know, so yeah. they say you want English or Spanish. I'm gonna go with Spanish for sure. So okay. I had to take the test and uh, I didn't pass. But then I had the opportunity to go to a small school in Tennessee. I believe it's one hour away from Memphis, because um, I don't know. I went there. I didn't even know where it was on the map. It's called, uh, I think the city name is Mackenzie, and the name of the college was Bethel College. Hmm. That's where I ended up going. Um, 
So yeah, because so they did accept, they accept it. My 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 scores for some reason, okay. but it's a small school in the middle of nowhere. So you you took the ACT. You got recruited to play at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Before you went to Louisville, you had to take the ACT. You didn't pass it, but somehow you were still stuck in like a portal or something. Yeah, where mm-hmm. colleges could be like, all right, I'm gonna yep. pick this. They guy. could see my videos and stuff like that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So they saw your videos. Your ACT was just good enough for you to meet their standards yes and so you went to bethel college in ten- tennessee correct perfect it's amazing <laughs> it's it that that's i always told my kids when i coached them i said look i said you, you know if you want to play you can play you may not play at clemson you may not play at ucla you know you may go to a small school but the main thing is if you want to keep playing and you want an education then that that's a great way to go absolutely so so I've heard a little bit of this backstory, but I know a lot of people do not know this story. So going from a very large city in Brazil, speaking Portuguese pretty much exclusively, and then moving to McKenzie, Tennessee at Bethel College, which I'm assuming is a very small school um, in the middle of the South in the United States where everybody spoke English and probably didn't even speak Spanish, let alone Portuguese. How did that work? So yeah, man. Uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't a good experience that I on my first year. To be honest with you. Um, so again, in my mind, coming from Brazil, you see United States. You know, you think about Clemson, UGA, Michigan. So you think like, man, it's gonna be awesome. I'm just gonna go there and play soccer, and it's gonna be amazing. And then I ended up uh, McKenzie. I think they had like two thousand people. That's the population in the city. Um, didn't have any friends as I mentioned before I couldn't speak English um, you know so I, and I'm there in the middle of like nowhere um, eating the food was completely different for me so, which I didn't like it like you know cafeteria food is not good and then when you have to it's the same thing if you go to China right now mm-hmm. they'll probably make you eat something that you, you don't like you know it takes years for you to start liking certain, certain stuff cooking. it's not home cooking man um so I had a, I had trouble uh, adapting to be honest with you. Um, no friends, couldn't communicate. I hated the food, and and then you kind of like, man, I'm in the middle of nowhere. You know, you mm-hmm. look around, you just see corns and farms, and you don't see anything. And growing up, you know, from a big city, mm-hmm. it's completely different. Mm-hmm. So my first year wasn't very good. How did you communicate with the coach? Thumbs up. So um, usually it works. I don't know, 80% of the time. He's like, hey, you good today? Are you hungry? Thumbs up. You know, um, Are you going to class? Thumbs up. Wow. Um, but and then sometimes he'll ask you a question. Hey, um, you're going to, you, I don't know. He'll ask something and then you put thumbs up and then you see him laughing at you. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, but like I said, like, yeah, I no, can't understand. Yeah, no idea what they're saying. saying. No idea what they're saying. They, How did you get through classes though? So, um, they, I think like they, I took like tennis class my freshman year. I took tennis. I took, um, the very, the basic class, they had a basic English, the English class was English one-on-one. Uh, that year they created a English zero zero one cause we did have some Chinese students there as well. Kind of in the same boat as me. So I took very basic classes on my uh, freshman year in college. Wow. Um, yeah, that's amazing. So, but did really. you have did you have a roommate? I did. 
Did you guys communicate at all? No, he was Australian. Wow. Let me just let me. T- I said it was amazing, and then not really. But what I meant, what I mean by saying not really, was that it seems like the school wasn't prepared for you. I don't think so. That's what I mean. No, I agree. I agree with you. So, on top of that, um, I did have a pretty bad injury um, t- towards the end of the season, um, which made me even more miserable at that time. Mm-hmm. So, no friends, no family. Bad injury. You don't know what's going on. You go to physical therapy. Uh, they ask you questions. You know, you don't know what they're saying. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, so, again, like my first year, I didn't like it. I was ready to go home. But then Coach Rob Miller out of Anderson um, kind of got in touch with me, uh, saw some videos, saw, you know, seen me play before. And he reached out and said, hey, um, you want to give it a shot here, Anderson? So that's Anderson University. Anderson right University. Right, nice. Right where Kevin's hey, you. from. Uh, so when you were playing at Bethel College on the team, um, were you kind of shocked at the difference in talent from going from Brazil to Bethel College and that league that you, they played in? Or how was that? Yeah, man, 100%. It's completely different. Um, how I used to play uh, and how um, people play here. Mm-hmm. Um it's just like if I growing up playing the favelas out on the street, you 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 get pretty skillful with the ball. Like, mm-hmm. So you you can dribble, you can take you know three, four, five touches before you pass, mm-hmm. and that's how that's Brazilian, that's Argentinian soccer. Um, mm-hmm. Here in the West, they're closer to I would say the, uh, English soccer, mm-hmm. which one two pass, mm-hmm. one pass, two touches, and uh, I, I remember coach like yelling at me because I touched the ball three times and four times and. I'd get yelled at. I had no idea what he was saying, but I know it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. But uh, but that was the biggest like difference, uh, you know. Like sure, I'm trying. You know, like in Brazil they teach you, you kind of have your. They say jinga. Uh, it's a Brazil Portuguese word. Um, but it's like it's kind of something you born and you develop, which is good. You know, you if you if I, I I'll take you one on one and dribble you. But here in the US, I feel like they they'll tell you you need to pass. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that was the biggest difference for me. We, right. had an ex- we had an exchange student when I was in high school, and his name was Gomez Gonzalo, and he was from Colombia. And he said, and I, I remember to this day, he goes, in Colombia, soccer is an art. In America, soccer is war. <laughs> Agree. <laughs> yeah, same thing. That's, that's an awesome, I love that. That's a <laughs> hilarious analogy. I mean, literally, when he said it, yeah. we all just kind of like, it was, it, was, it was funny. It was the funniest thing we had heard, because yeah. you're exactly right. I mean... I coached kids, and you know we would always have the dust ball cloud of kids that would just run yeah, around. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But so. like I said, it's not like right or wrong. It's just like how I was brought up, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I had to change completely, which is fine. So, but like I said, there's no right or wrong. It's just different. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So when you got to Anderson, you're still not speaking English, right? And then I start to. Uh, that was and that was already uh, one year in the West. I mm-hmm. could I start to um, understand better than I could speak. But I can start at least understand when people are talking to me on my first, after my first year. So, do you feel like that class at Bethel helped you understand English, or was it more just being just being thrown in the ocean and having to learn it? Man, the teacher would sleep in class. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's a, like the human brain is amazing, right? Um, by being thrown, you know, like you say, like in, in an environment, like mm-hmm. it might take you five, six months, a year, but you're eventually gonna learn. Uh, you have to, mm-hmm. or else you know you need to adapt. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, 
the English class wasn't it was terrible. Like like I said, the teacher would sleep in class. But like I said, you are United States, so people are gonna talk to you in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at some point, then you're gonna start, you know, getting. Yep. Um, you know, the brain is an amazing thing. I do remember the y'all. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, studying Brazil. Like I was like, I, I don't remember seeing this. I'm, uh, I'm totally gonna get into that part later when I first met you. Um, but getting into Anderson University, you you get on their soccer team, you start picking up English a little bit more. Start making friends. Yes. So uh, Anderson was different. Um, I guess because I I could start at least understanding people. Uh, it was a lot better, a lot better experience. Uh, people would actually go out of their way to help me out. Um, I mean, cafeteria food was still bad, but uh, like <laughs> I would still like uh, this time. Friends would you know drive me to uh, Wendy's and buy me you know fast food, mm-hmm. which if in college nowadays i know it's terrible for you but in college you're like man this is awesome you know especially yeah. if you get used to eating cafeteria food every day and now you have you know your teammates picking you up and taking you to places so and then things start getting better for me good okay so this is where we kind of get into our connection so you're at anderson university you're on the soccer team um your future wife brooke is on the softball team my wife laura is on the softball team y'all connected through sports talk a little bit about that so i don't know man so we're on the soccer team our team um literally was a bunch of foreign students Mm -hmm. um out of the 25 26 people um 20 21 were from you know i was from brazil we had a jamaican we had a french guy a German guy, British, um, I mean, Australian. Uh, we had people like from all over the place in, in our team. Um, and I guess we're the crazy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, on the girls' side, on the girls' soccer team, Kristen Page, uh, she was Brooke's best friend. And um, she kind of was the one that kind of introduced me to Brooke. Uh, you know, I'd go like, I like your friend. <laughs> I like your friend. Tell her to come a soccer, soccer game. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I remember them telling us stories like you'd be scoring a goal, you'd see Brooke in the stands, and you'd hold up the heart sign, oh, gosh, running past yeah. and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's such a romantic guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anderson's always been known for having a lot of international players. Mm-hmm. I mean, their, one of their, their first coach was Rick Wright. He was from the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... That's awesome. I, I, I truly don't believe probably anybody listening to this podcast really knew your complete background story and how you got here. So you married uh, Brooke, came to Greenville after you guys graduated. Um, Brooke started working at Powdersville High School, and you got connected with the YMCA. Yeah, but before that, we actually we um, we lived in Rock Hill okay. for a year. Um, well, this was before... Before we got married, well, we were engaged. I was start working at the Y in Rock Hill, so she was already in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got married, um, and that's when I moved to Greenville. Okay. And then I started working at the Y in Greenville. Um, basically, it was just like um, with a little bit of experience that I got at the YMC in Rock Hill, they they hired me uh, right away. And also, John he uh, went to Anderson University, and John he was Hamrick. And he was the one that hired me. So, but I already knew him from from college right. as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. So you started working at Kane Halter YMCA. Correct. 
and I knew it was John Hamrick. I just the folks didn't know it was John Hamrick. What's up, John? Love you, man. Uh, so you, John started doing a little bit of CrossFit, right? And he's like, he comes up to you and says, hey, I'm thinking about starting a program at the YMCA. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think um, that was um, when the game started really pick up on, on TV and people would watch the games and say, man, I want to I wanna be like that guy. I want to look like that, you know, that guy. And then uh, John, Mark, uh, Jeff, um, started bringing this, the, the concept of CrossFit uh, to the Y. Um, but they didn't have that nice area in the back, though. They started, like, out of, you know, a couple of barbells, dumbbells. Uh, and they would go in the group bonus uh, room, and they would uh, do a beast mode slash boot camp in there. Uh, I can't halt it. And then mm-hmm. it kind of grew fast. And then that's when we built um, that real nice facility that they have now um, over at Ken Halter. And that was probably back in what, 2013, 2014? 13 to 14. Yeah. So what was the experience like when John's like, hey, Paulo, come do beast mode with me? Were you pretty receptive to that at first? So I was that kind of, the kind of guy that, um, you know, you wear the Gold's Gym gloves and you do bodybuilding and you're looking at, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and then you do a ab set and then kind of lift up the shirt and see that little so he he's from brazil so we would expect nothing else of course of course not <laughs> super yep, you're wearing like the tank top and two oh yeah, yeah he's got sure. he's got the gold chain his head no, chain no. <laughs> do, you have, do you have like the running shorts on multicolored no. we got like the hot pink shirt and the green shorts <laughs> <laughs> wow. so anyways um so see what the united states thinks about brazil no, yeah no, no. <laughs> wow just kidding but um I was just lifting weights, and uh, John said he showed up, and and he said, and I remember it. He said, uh, "Let's do Angie." I said, "Excuse me, sir." <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Angie. I was like, uh, "Okay," uh, and then and then he kind of explained what he you know what he was and what Angie was. Which do you know what it is, Kevin? Not right offhand. I try to. I try to stay away from the girls. Yeah, yeah, as much as I can. Yeah, they mean uh, that's a uh, hundred pull-ups, a hundred um, push-ups, one hundred sit-ups, and one hundred squats for time. So that was Angie. That was the first thing they made us do at Southern Moon when we came in. Well, they're just four basic movements, right? That Correct. Just yeah. body weight. Easy. Yeah, and that's basically what he was saying. And then I was like, okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna crush this. Uh, hundred push-ups, uh, pull-ups. Man, I can I can do sets of twenty five like it ain't no problem. You know what I mean? Uh, and then we started the workout, um, and I think I did my first set twenty to twenty four pull ups, and I was like, and it was kind of like the 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 halfway pull ups to you know you think you're doing the, the full pull up where sure, the yeah. elbows are locked and you know chin above the bar, but it wasn't like that. It was just like the the kind of halfway reps. But anyways, I didn't know. Um, and then I got like twenty four. I was like. Man, I'm gonna finish this in three sets, three more sets, and then after the 24th, um, and then I got on the bar and it was like 25. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it hit you. <ya. laughs> it hit you. It hit me bad. Yeah. And then basically I went singles from there. Yeah. Oh and then same goodness. thing on the push-ups, sit-ups, and squats. All right. Um, so who won that first workout? Uh, he he got me. He got you. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like. Cause he already got on the the bar and he was already doing the butterfly. Oh really? And okay. I was like, what is he doing? Uh-huh. I didn't even know that I you know the concept of the butterfly pull mm-hmm. up then, but but he did. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he crushed me on that one. 
That's awesome. So right then, were you hooked, or were you like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you grow this this program," or did he force you to grow this nope. program? And then right there, um, the build, they were finishing up the building in the back, um, and I start watching the games, and then that's when I was like, "Man, I, that's pretty cool." And that, and then brought kind of brought back the uh, competitive aspect of it too, because I was soccer grown up being competitive, um, and then college, and then kind of had like a three or four year where I, I wasn't being competitive in anything. Mm-hmm. And then the build was ready, uh, the building was ready, and um, I was like, I saw the games, I was like, man, I, that's that's pretty cool. I, I, wanna, I wanna give it a shot. That's awesome. Um, it is correct to say that Kane Halter had the first beast mode program in the area, right? Right. Okay, yeah. so you guys literally are the founders, you guys built beast mode from the ground up. Yeah, 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 and uh, the cool thing is a lot of people don't don't know is kind of becoming its own little um, like you know, little thing around here. Uh, mm-hmm. There's uh, I think twelve or thirteen beast modes in the in South and North Carolina now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's it's growing. I think I think it's really cool. I uh, did I shoot the first beast modes games? Yes, you did, sir. Wow. Now I now I feel honored. That it's, was amazing. Yeah, it was. It 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 was pretty cool. I remember. Well, let's get into a little bit how how I met Paula real quick. I'll tell you the story real quick. CrossFit, baby. CrossFit. CrossFit. I remember um, seeing you in a wedding in Barnwell, South Carolina. Casey's and Mark's wedding. That's right. So I met my wife, Laura, in in PT school. Uh, We were in, we, we had just got married. Yeah, we were just got married and we were living up in Michigan. And one of Laura and Brooke's best friends, Casey, was getting married in Barnwell? I think so. Right outside Aiken, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we go down there, and this is a Southern Baptist wedding, right? So um, they set up a hotel for us that the wedding party could stay in, and it was like old school where my wife and me actually shared a room with Paulo and Brooke <laughs> in queen size beds, right? Wow. So I had never met these people ever. And I'm like, where are we staying at? She's like, oh, we're staying at the Holiday Inn. I'm like, oh, that's great. I was like, she's like, yeah, we're staying with my friends Brooke and Paulo. And I'm like, wait, what? And like, yeah, we're good. They booked the room, we're, we're sharing a room together. I was like, what kind of wedding is this? True story. So Brooke knew your wife and you, <laughs> yeah. right? Right, Laura knew Brooke and Paulo, yeah. Because they play softball. But you were nowhere near Anderson. No, no, I grew, okay. up, I grew up in Michigan. All right, I so, knew you grew up in Michigan. Yeah, so me and Laura, um, well, moved to Michigan when I was 10. Um, but me and Laura met during grad school. So this was after she was at Anderson uh, University. Okay. Yep. So. Um, we go down to, I'd never been really to the upstate area before. Um, so we go to this wedding and they had the rehearsal, uh, the day before. So Laura's like, here, you can just hang out with Paulo, uh, for the day while we do our girls stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, what's he into? She's like, oh, he's like, Brooke said he just started doing CrossFit. And I was like, oh, perfect. You know, I've been doing CrossFit for a while. I was like, all right, we'll be bros right away. And he played soccer, and I grew up playing soccer. I was like, all right, cool, we have a lot in common. So, but I knew he was from Brazil, and I remember going to the church, the rehearsal, and sitting, seeing him sitting in a pew, so I went up to introduce myself, and I purposely started talking just, you know how it is when you meet a foreigner, you start talking just a little bit slower so they can understand you? 
Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> right? So that's that's how it was. And then he talked back, and it just completely threw me off because I thought he was going to have a very thick Portuguese accent. And he spoke fairly good English, but it wasn't just English. It was like a Portuguese southern drawl English, and it was so weird. That's from Rook. Yeah. My so, wife. I mean, obviously, everybody's picked it up so far from this podcast that he has that little southern drawl. I like it. But I, it was so weird. But anyways, we hit it off. But the first thing Paulo asked me is like, I hear you do CrossFit. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I do CrossFit. You know, I'm pretty into it. He's like, what's your friend time? Yes, yes. He's like, what's your friend time? But yeah, I'm, I was going to say it. I was like, oh my goodness, what's my friend time? I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I haven't done friend in a while. What's yours? He's like 221 or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> no, oh, no. no. <laughs> That's everybody's first question when you find out somebody Man, you still remember because yeah. I was gonna bring it up. Yeah. I didn't think you'd remember that. Yup, yup. Oh wow. Yeah, yep. that was my first question. Hey, yep. man. Hey, what's what was your friend time? And then and then. Oh wow. Yeah, and then he asked me a couple other CrossFit questions, and I was like, all right, well, two twenty. What was it like two twenty or two twenty ten? I think when we met, I, I had just started. Um, I think it was like in three thirty something like that. Which, no, which, no, I know for sure it was in the twos. But see, like back in the day, in 2013, 14, like mm-hmm. a 3.30 friend was still like pretty good. Yeah, but I know it was in the twos because I remember when we got, I think we had to drive from the church back to mm-hmm. the hotel mm-hmm. and I drove with Laura and yeah. you drove with Brooke and then we mm-hmm. met back at the hotel. And I remember getting on your Facebook and the video was posted there. Oh, and it okay. was like two twenty something. Okay. So you were you were pretty legit. The only yeah. ones I would have ever asked him is what's what's your Grace time and what's your Isabel time? Well, he went straight to Fran. <laughs> and, I'm just not. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just not. Anyways, pull. so we get oh, back to the hotel and he's like, "Hey man, you want to work out?" And I was like, "I guess." <laughs> <You're> gonna, <laughs> so we do like this hybrid workout in the hotel gym, and I'm just dying. Do you remember? Yeah, it was. Uh, we did we did box jumps up onto like some ledge. It was a ledge. It wasn't even a box. It was like a window ledge. We we did box jumps on that treadmill, treadmill, and what was handstand pushups. Handstand pushups. That's right. I want to know what the people that were in the hotel, if they walked by and saw you guys going at it, what they were. I thinking. was pretty happy. I I kept up with him for like the first two or three rounds, but then like. I think he finished like a minute ahead of me, <laughs> but uh, it was it was fun. So like we hit it off right away, and then we went straight to the bar. But uh, awesome. no, it was good. It was a good time. Um, and then sh- at that point, me and Laura had no idea that we were moving down to South Carolina. Like literally the next, I think that was in December. Mm-hmm. We met Brooke and Paulo, and I met all their friends, and we like all hit it off. And I was like, man, there's such a good group down here, and we were in. Michigan in the dead of winter like we went from 70 degrees in December back to zero degrees flying back to Michigan and we were sitting and we we're like man let's just move so we did it and we were down here like in May That's so awesome. from December to May we were here yep and the first place we went was to the YMCA to sign up because he was doing beast mode so um, I started training with Paulo like every single morning pretty much for yep. the first year and a half i guess that we lived here mm-hmm. and uh yeah so that's how our friendship kind of sparked uh, through crossfit that was funny because when i was doing those when i did the allison stall perspective photos you were in the back and i was like that's that's yep 
<laughs> yeah, I was at, that's that was my home gym at the beginning. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, so me and Paulo and uh, our friend Scott and Will, Will, who is actually a very good Masters athlete at the time, is he still working out? He's back into bodybuilding. Okay, yeah, I hadn't seen him around in a while, yep. but we uh, we threw down a lot. It was a, probably one of the best years of my life. It was really fun. Hey guys, we'll get back to the episode in a moment here, but we want to take a quick break to thank our sponsor for this episode, CrossFit Greer. Uh, if y'all live in the Greer area and are looking to join a CrossFit box, go ahead and look up Jen and Reagan Green, owners of CrossFit Greer. Mention the Apogee podcast to them and they will give 10% off your first month's membership. We also want to thank Blitz Belts for their continued sponsorship of the podcast. They're offering our listeners a 15% discount at checkout. All you have to do is type in APOGEE, all caps, that's A-P-O-G-E-E, for your 15% off discount. So building from that, the beast mode, you guys had beast mode games. And I remember the first beast mode games was in the gym. And then from there, it just kind of grew into one of the largest CrossFit competitions really in the upstate into like what 2017 or 2018 uh might have been 16 2016 yeah that was like the heyday 2016 yeah um yeah it was 2016 okay but yeah it got um very very big that was um one of the biggest ones uh, along with the greenville games in 2014 mm. where we it was huge it was out in what high school was that that was out that was the one i competed in um that was it's out on i don't know it was out Augusta Road, like way out there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But anyways, this beast mode games in sixteen kind of it, it got very, very big. I mean, people coming from other states. Um, you know, John had a, you know a bunch of sponsors, some big name sponsors, um, and they actually had like some pretty cool ideas too that, that, that end up not getting. You know, I think because of money, I guess. But uh, yeah, it, it got very big in 2016. So talk about the connection of between beast mode and like the actual CrossFit community in the upstate. Do you feel like it was kind of rocky at the beginning because beast mode was kind of taking CrossFit and doing it at the YMCA? Or do you feel like it was it, the relationship has kind of been coming back together? How, how's that work? Yeah, I don't know. Um, one of the coolest things that I see nowadays, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, is like how like everybody comes together and it's a community now. Uh, and I think at the time, I think with Kane Halter, um, you know, coming up and being so big, we were not really part of the, um, the the whole CrossFit community, even though all the coaches, they're supposed to be, you know, level one um, certified. I feel like at that time, we're not really into the like uh, around here. Because matter of fact, most of the competitors came from outside of the upstate, uh, so we we're not like kind of like in a circle, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and probably it's our fault for not reaching out to other places. But yeah, so Beast Mode kind of grew, um, but it wasn't like the, the CrossFit. I think people still didn't look at us like you know did CrossFit you just because CrossFit? of the name. No, we did not because by law you, you, you can't. can't. I know that um, they tell you that in your yeah. certification courses. Yeah, so we 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 do not call it CrossFit. We we, we are we could say we you know it's a class, it's high intensity class led by um, CrossFit level one coaches. Right, but that's about it. Okay, all right. Because I know in Anderson, they, the Anderson area YMCA offers 
what they what it is CrossFit. Yeah, so. they are CrossFit affiliated. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. that's interesting. So, at what point, um, as you started Beast Mode and essentially CrossFit, were you like, I'm pretty good at this, and I kind of want to take it to the next level and train outside of just classes? Um, talk a little bit about that. I, mean, I don't. I don't say. I don't know. I wouldn't say pretty good. Um, but um, I guess watching the games and at that point, um, I already had done a few competitions, local Santa series, Greenville games, um, you know, with Sergio um, and some other fit dudes, and um, we won like a lot, a lot of them, and it's just it was just fun mm-hmm. uh, to me, and I was like, okay, so so what's next? And then you had the open, and then you had you know the the Granite Games and the Waterpaloozas. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what if we try to go one of these, you know, and see what happens? Uh, and then this was around maybe 16, 17. That's when I start getting to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start going to open gym hours and kind of do your own thing mm-hmm. instead of just going to class. Yep. Yeah. And then you, you've been to Granite Games. Yes. Uh, it's 17. Pretty cool experience. Um, some funny stories uh, happened there. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was Would so you much say fun. That's your biggest event that you've competed in so far? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Although I did, um, one of um, my biggest dream was to compete at a big event in Brazil, mm-hmm. which did happen in 2018. Uh, usually I don't go home very often, but that year just happened to be, they would have the event in my town. Um, and right when I was going to go down there, uh, and it was a huge event. Like I'm talking about, like on the, I managed to get in the final heat of um, that day, and at that point we had um, seven thousand people in the stands watching us. How many? Seven thousand. Seven thousand. Okay. Yeah. We, and, uh, and at that point also they were go, they were going live, and I remember like a big screen. So I had my bike facing like a huge screen, it's like uh, if you go to the movie theater, and then they they went live, and I don't even know how many people were watching us live at that time. And um, but it was it was cool. Pretty so you cool. could see yourself working out on the screen. I could see so myself just like out. old times with looking at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to get motivated. No, I, well, that was cool because <laughs> that was cool because that was the first time my parents got to see me competing. Uh huh. Awesome. Um, but I remember that was a I was on a salt bike and sandy. Um, and I was trying to get my mind out of it, so I was just watching myself on the big screen, trying to forget about the bike. You know, they hurt. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. They're terrible. So. That's amazing. That's amazing about Brazil. I don't think a lot of people realize is that they are the second biggest yep. practitioners of CrossFit. In the world. They send America obviously sends the most, but Brazil is second. Yep. That's that's one of the re- that's one of the reasons why CrossFit when Glassman had it when he that's the way he that's the reason why he changed the whole thing. Um, when they did that, when they did the country march in the last one before it was, they changed the way it is now. Brazil is huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second Although largest outside. Oh, that's the largest outside the U.S. Yeah, and CrossFit boxes. I don't know if you guys have listened to the latest episode. Well, I guess it's not the latest episode, but one of the um, last few episodes on Talking Elite Fitness when Eric Rosa was on there talking about his vision for the international CrossFit game is. Uh, I think it's going to be amazing. Brazil is going to be a huge part of that for sure. Um, talk a little bit about how do you feel like your your soccer background helped you kind of escalate your skills in in CrossFit? 
I think it helped me on the competitive side, I guess. My, the mentality, the mindset. Um, always being competitive growing up. Um, and you know how I am, how competitive mm-hmm. I am. Um, I think playing soccer, being you know exposed to that kind of um, competition, I think it helped me um, kind of shape up my mindset, I mm-hmm. guess. So. And we see that time and time again. Soccer players, gymnasts, wrestlers. I mean, those are by far and away when we look at you know some of the best crossfitters they come from those sports i think most crossfit athletes that are in the top echelon have some form of college sports behind them yeah for sure i've only known one that didn't and that was gerald sasser mm-hmm. so yeah and i think also you're I, I said at the very beginning of the intro you're probably one of the best well-rounded crossfitters in the area you might not be the best at at one thing but you're very well-rounded um there's not many people who can you know swim you know half a mile in a decent time and then get out and clean and jerk over 300 pounds like that doesn't happen very much in this area um so (laughs) back to your point uh at the granny games um valner was there that year um they're on the team so i was on the team and uh, one of the events were swim and then run and i forgot the distance now but i remember um valner obviously his off season for him he's there just for fun but I remember, I think his time was like 21, 58, and my, my time was 22.08. So I remember like looking at it, I was like, man, I was only like 10 seconds away from, from Werner. Again, mm-hmm. like he was there just for fun. Sure. Uh, off season, um, teams of three. But still, it's pretty good. Uh, but I still, I don't consider myself a swimmer, man. I just don't, I just think that um, crossfitters, they don't, they don't see um, or they don't have the opportunity to get in the water, but it's such a great workout. And that's one of the, things that I'm very fortunate, I guess, at the Y, because I do have access to a pool. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't consider myself a swimmer. I know you are very big at swimming, and it's just a great workout, man. Like, oh, yeah. you, you can swim. I, I mean, I, I know this gentleman at my Y, he's 90 years old, mm-hmm. and I, I, I used to swim with him, but he would let me, and he's 90. <laughs> um, you know, but That's he does amazing. this. He's been doing this for years. Right. Swim is one of those things you can you you don't have to stop. You know? right. There's no impact. It's just good for you. It's amazing. And the people here, they don't really do it. Right. You know, because you talk about CrossFit, people thinking about pull-up bar, barbell, kettlebell, sandbag. Mm-hmm. Very rare to talk about swimming. Yeah. That's the biggest yes. hole in CrossFit communities that I see. Mm-hmm. Um, because we did a, um, a shot at CrossFit competition in North Carolina. And they they had a swimming portion. It was at a YMCA up there or whatever. Or they had, they had a, it was at a college. And I talked about this on mine, I think. I, I used to swim too. Oh. And so basically that was the one event that I was like, I could have done that. I could mm-hmm. that, you know, that's because it's kind of sad when you when you see people, you know, we have Lake Hartwell here, we have all the lakes in the upstate and everything, and people are afraid of open water swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they either either they have a pool in their backyard or they go to the Y, you know, or they just don't go at all. Yeah. You know, and so that's that becomes a big, and when that comes up in a competition, it, it's it's huge. Yeah. yeah, you know, so that's what we're gonna. So thanks, man. So Lake Kiwi is gonna be packed with CrossFit <laughs> swimmers now. While I'm trying to get around in my boat. No, just have them make sure they're swimming <laughs> that corded off area. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's said the games every year. Um, yeah. You know, it's just like it is part of CrossFit too, you know? Oh, for sure. I think it's great to watch swimming aspect of it, mm-hmm. especially when you get out of the pool mm-hmm. and you have to go to a pull-up rig. Oh, I, because your hands are so your hands wet, are wet, you can't, you can't put chalk on, 
And so, and you're either going to slip off that rig, yep. and you have to think about it. That was my favorite event to watch at the games this year when they had the, uh, what was it? The bike, the swimming, mm-hmm. the med ball, yep. slams, and I don't remember what the other part was. I love that they're putting GHD. bicycles in there. Amazing. The GHD? Yeah, GHD. Yeah, that was an amazing event to watch. Yeah. I mean, talk about core killer. Mm. Um, and also, I think with soccer, just the way you move when you lift you are like have one of the quickest hips and elbows i've ever seen i think you those type two fibers really play to your advantage <laughs> for sure i don't think i know anybody that gets under a bar quicker than you um let's talk a little bit about the ymca in general what's who is paulo Pastini, the wellness director because beast mode isn't your whole life now no. you're the director of the ymca talk a little bit about that yeah, man. So, um, beast mode is actually um, a small portion of what I do. Um, especially now, I do have coaches um, other than me because when I first launched it, beast mode program, Powderzil was basically me uh, running all the classes, and then Tyree came came on and started helping. So, and I was able to grow grow the program. Uh, and a f- true story is, I launched in January, and uh, my association we we have three branches and at the end of the year i like to pull up a report where i see you know the tennis attendance in classes and beast mode um powders has been number one in our association which is pickens county association association go figure um beast mode is the, the most attended class and um for since i started so it's pretty cool um and when you started up until like what four weeks ago you guys were and that outside. was when we we're outside uh exposed to um you know cold rain uh, you name it um but we're still like we're still the most attended class since 2017 our association so what's the average number of participants in a class there so now like uh, i can only have 20 in that room mm-hmm. uh, i did have 28 showing up like the other day i had to ask people to go um, to the six o'clock, uh, or just start signing up. But um, we've been averaging twenty per class. How many classes do you guys have in the day? So David just mentioned that we just opened up a new place. Um, it's basically a box. Mm-hmm. It's a 3,300 square feet um, in our backyard. Uh, so it's right there. It's a beautiful uh, branch, beautiful campus. So, but we literally just open up. But before that, because we're outside, I. I honestly, I kind of hold back. I held back a little bit because I couldn't grow, grow the program. How you, how would you have a 5 a.m. class and when you have to go outside and it's dark or rainy or, you know, you don't have, you know, you're on the concrete and I just couldn't grow it. So I only had uh, two classes Monday through Thursday, um, 5 and 6 p.m. In the, in the past three years being outside and again and it would rain you know and then it rains like we're trying to figure out all right so where's class going to be in the basketball court well great there's you know 25 people playing basketball now so what are you going to do um let's go out in the parking lot um you know but it's just not ideal right the situation that i had but recently literally we opened up a place a month ago uh it's pretty sweet man uh, i don't know if you've seen pictures uh, it's a nice place. Um, it's, I think we're coming to it tomorrow, right? We are. We are. We're mm-hmm. gonna go there tomorrow. Um, uh, it's a pretty sweet um, place now uh, that That's we have. Amazing. So now I am gonna develop the program and I'm gonna grow it. Um, gonna start. Uh, we're gonna launch our first uh, morning class, like 5 a.m. class, mm-hmm. um, starting December, and we're gonna grow from there. 
But um, oh sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I just I, I think it's amazing. You know, yeah. you were given really basically here this. You know. Yeah. And you've grown it to this. Yeah. And now with the building that you have, it's amazing to see the potential of what you can put into. Yeah. It. But that's all it takes, man. Like I would go. I remember when I started, I would go like I would see people lifting weights and i'll go hey man you want to come to beast mode so i'll go individually asking yeah. people to come and then that person they likes it, and then they invite their cousin and then they invite their family member and then they invite the friend and that's how you grow a class a class like that you know you you kind of go out of their way and invite people over uh, because my my members they're not the crossfitters if somebody go to crossfit gym they want to do crossfit my members they want to go to the why mm -hmm. so what's the perception of the why today is just a gym sometimes they old but it's just lifting selectorized machines. So that's my membership base. But from there, you try to give them the Kool-Aid and say, hey, we we got this going on here. Come check it out. That's kind of sort of how, I don't mean to take away from that, but that's, to me, everybody I've ever talked to about how they've got started in CrossFit is it was a personal one-on-one -on -one kind of connection. Like the person who was the coach would come to you and be like, hey, I think you would that's fit in this started. community. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's it's the one on one for how sure. You meet somebody. I, well, I think that's too. But a lot of people that go to an actual CrossFit gym, they Google, "All right, I'm in Greer. Where's the CrossFit gym?" True. And they're gonna go there, and then so they go specifically. Like, for they CrossFit. go specifically right. for CrossFit. Whereas where mine is yeah. like they go to the Y, who happens to have the Beast Mode program, but they not necessarily. They could be now, but not necessarily going there just for the um the crossfit beast mode program. right now i understand what you yeah. mean yeah. you're actually going and recruiting for your class right with the clients that you have on hand correct right. that's cool it's almost like you started your own little business because i mean kind of like kevin and myself starting businesses um you have to put yourself out there it's, it's i think some people think um it just happens it doesn't like it takes yeah. a yeah. lot yeah. of groundwork and footwork to get yeah. something off the ground I, I see rebecca kind of doing the same thing out of east side beast mm -hmm. mode um you know some other places tyra potentially in pickens uh so it's pretty cool um but anyways going back to your question the wellness director so beast mode now is kind of one of a small part of my my work uh because in addition to that i have uh, personal training i have wellness coaching i have youth wellness certification i have uh, we run 230 classes a month um you know group wellness classes a month so i'm over all that uh, we recently we had a kids um, triathlon, little uh, sprint try with you oh, know cool. kids from the age of three to eleven. I had to run the event, so that's um, so beast mode. Now it's a little bit of what I do day to day. Now mm -hmm. I kind of delegate a little bit to uh, my coaches, um, so that way I can take care of other things. That's what happens when you grow. You got to delegate. That's I love right. it. Or put stuff on the back burner or that's back right. seat, as they say. That's right. That's right. Let's bring it a little bit outside of CrossFit so people can continue to get to know Paul a little bit more outside of just what they know, which is CrossFit and Beast Mode. Um, talk a little bit. You mentioned, you've mentioned Brooke and then your daughter at the beginning, Bella, and how you want to introduce her to everything in life, the good, the bad, and everything in between. Who is Paul Pacini, the husband and the father? What kind of stuff do you guys like to do together? Oh, man. Um... We like to watch TV, um, Brooke. You know how she is. Um, yeah. We like to hike. Uh, we just um, recently went on a hike, and it was it was fun. Um, you know, they're 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 my everything. Um, Brooke, Bella. Um, you know, it's just like they always there for me to support. Mm -hmm. uh, as a father, you know, it's it's so much fun, man. Like you get home, and she wants to play, and she wants to hug you, 
and I try to teach her Portuguese and when she talk back in Portuguese with you like it kind of makes my day <laughs> uh, it's so cute yeah um, yeah so how old is she now she's four yeah me and Bella have a special connection we share the same birthday yep it's awesome yeah yep. the Good. best the best movie soundtrack talking about Portuguese the best movie soundtrack by far is Steve Zizou it's all in Portuguese I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is either. Steve Zuzu, the movie? No. Oh, come on. Life Aquatic with Bill Murray. It's a spoof of, uh, what's the guy? Uh, Jacques Cousteau, yeah. Oh, and the soundtrack, and the soundtrack is played by a gentleman who's on the boat, but he's, he's Portuguese. He speaks Portuguese. He's playing acoustic guitar. The soundtrack is all in Portuguese. It's beautiful. Really, it, it is beautiful, Kevin. I have to say, I need to spend more time with you, man. Like I, I've seen you in competitions, taking pictures, but man, you're you're smart, dude. He's very well rounded. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I and his hair so. is amazing. Oh yeah, thanks. You definitely have me and Paulo on that. <laughs> yes. I don't have kids. There's 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 the whole thing. What kind of hobbies do you have outside of CrossFit and your family? What do you like to do? Uh, I think I just um, I like I like to watch uh, movies. Uh, I like to watch soccer, Brazilian soccer. I re- uh, this year, so I've been here for what fourteen years, fifteen years now, and I this year I recently discovered that I could buy this little. Um, it's, it looks like a Roku, but now I have access to Brazilian channels now. So I've been here for 15, 16 years. I just now figured it out. So I've been watching a lot of TV in Portuguese and watch soccer. Like it's kind of like it's kind of like awesome. Because I haven't had it, and I miss that a lot. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But TV, um, like I said, we, we, we go hike. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I do outside of CrossFit and work. That's great. So do you have any like life goals outside of CrossFit and the YMCA that 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 are there that you you really want to kind of start heading towards? Um, not at the moment. So um, I did have an opportunity to. Two two opportunities to move uh, to go get a job somewhere else, and I I, I didn't want to take it um, just because, especially with this expansion where we had, I kind of want to enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to ride to see where it goes, and then from there, then I'll decide what I'm gonna do. But for right now, I just want to enjoy it. Uh, I really like where I am. Um, Brooke teaches at the Powdersville um, High School, so we are really in our community. Like mm-hmm. I see my neighbors in the gym every day, mm-hmm. uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, well, you're literally well, living almost what I would call the American dream, yeah, right? You are. Congratulations! So you you <laughs> move here from a different country. Yeah. You learn English while you live in this country, which is amazing. I mean, I don't think a lot of people knew that. You know, ten years ago, you didn't yeah. even speak English. I no, mean, you speak, nothing, nothing. You speak phenomenal English for know not even that. knowing a word. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's an amazing story. You you marry an American girl. Yep. You start at the YMCA, probably like lowest man on the totem pole. Yep, cleaning equipment. Oh. He, exactly. And now you're a wellness director at a major YMCA, just kind of working your way up. Up. So, up. what was your degree at Anderson College? Kinesiology. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this. I, I can kind of see where you're going with that question. Sure. What okay? So obviously you talked about Bethel University and Anderson College and those type of sports communities and how you felt about those and how you feel about Powdersville's community. How, in general, overall, is your opinion or how how has the upstate CrossFit community affected you in your life? 
Um, like I said, my, my David's one of my best friends, mm-hmm. um, and we I actually got connected through CrossFit. Um, you know, I made a lot of friends, mm-hmm. uh, talked to a lot of people on uh, Jax and Sergio. You know, all John. Like you know, I made a lot of you know good connections and friends. Um, so uh, this is how I, I see like you know how the upstate community uh, CrossFit uh, has helped me. You know, yeah. um, before I um, open up our box, I actually spent a little bit of time with um, Jonathan over Five Forks. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have an amazing facility there. Um, I, I, I went there. Um, I don't even think he knew who I was. I didn't really know who he was, but he's like, "Yeah, man, come on over. I'll, I'll talk to you." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went there. I asked a lot of questions because. Another cool thing is um, we've been talk- talking about this box for over a year and a half now, two years at, at IY, and then it didn't happen first, and then a year later, our CEO came in my office, and then he looked at me now I say, hey, we're going to do this. Are, are you ready? Basically said, this is a $1.4 million project. And then I looked him in the eyes. I said, do you trust me? And he shook his head and said, yes. And at that point, I was like, well, now I'm going to make the best thing out of it. But obviously, you're not going to do it by yourself. Right. You know? Then I called Jonathan. I talked to David. I called, talked to Cameron uh, over CrossFit Clemson. I talked, you know, and then you start talking to people and they always like being always super nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, they open up their arms, say, hey, come talk to me. Let me show you. This is how I would do this instead of this. This is how you should do it. And, and, and I don't know. I um, I really appreciate what they they've done. Yeah, Gordon you know? and Gordon and Jen touched on that last week about opening up, and you know how Gordon was very loyal to CrossFit Simpsonville and those guys, and then when they sold, and how you know he went and spent time under other coaches at other boxes, yep. and you know being able to manage the the Simpsonville gym yep. under them for yep. a while. Um, I I agree with you. I I don't personally own a gym, um, but I, I I connected with that idea. You know, it's very important that I think, you know, you can get a level one cert and go open up a gym tomorrow. Yep. You know, but how can you coach? How do you yep. communicate? Yep. How do you, what are those keywords that you say to your athletes, you know, to get them to the next level? And I think, I think, I think that should be a part of the CrossFit training. Yep. Um, and, uh, and you can see like this CrossFit, the beast mode thriving now in the middle of pandemic. But, and then when you start listening to your podcast, David, you see why you see the people leading up you know mm-hmm. uh it's allison stall amy brandon um you name it like that's why things even though we're in the middle of pandemic now um it's, it's thriving you know it's yeah. growing but that's because of you know the community yeah because you can't do it alone you know if you're alone then you're you, you're out man you, you can't do it Absolutely. that's my opinion yeah i agree building these relationships that ev- that everybody's building right now between CrossFit owners, Beast Mode programs, uh, I mean, Gordon expressing, you know, his huge interest in incorporating, he says, I hope a ton of people from Beast Modes qualify for Fitness of the Upstate so that they can shock the world of the Upstate. (laughs) All the, you know, knock some of these people off their pedestals who think they're just gonna walk right in there and and get on the podium, you know? They don't know about some of these people coming up from Beast Mode who who are just as good, if not better. So uh, like I, I think said, that's super like exciting. Rebecca, she's a great actor. Oh, yeah. Re- she's going to. Yep. Yeah, she's going to be good. I, I think th- the way to look at, I think the way the community should look at Beast Mode now is it's CrossFit. Mm-hmm. It's just a franchise. Yep. You know, Absolutely. it's like, it's like we're Beast Mode Anderson. We're Beast Mode Greer. We're Beast Mode. Yep. You know, and so that's, that. If I, I don't know if that's how you think about it, but I mean, going forward, 
if it, that would be my mindset, I would look at it and be like, this is a franchise. I'm going to put this here. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to put level one coaches there and they're going to teach you that. Yep. And that way, you know, yep. it's not because I'll be honest with you. When I when I first heard about Beast Mode, and I was like, "All right," you know, because you you don't know. It's like you, you said, don't know, you Kevin. go yep. and you you go to somebody and say, "Hey, come try Beast Mode." Well, first of all, you're it has Beast in it, so that's either going to put people off or it's going to be like, "Yeah, I want to be a Beast." Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and they don't understand. It, yeah, you know, so that's true. I mean, the only reason why I started at Beast Mode when I first came was because I was already friends with Paulo. If it wasn't for that, I would have, you know, gone yep. probably across at Greer right away because we lived in Greer. I mean, I would imagine it's actually harder because you got to go through the aspects of it and saying yeah. it's kind of like CrossFit or it is CrossFit. Yep. And then you've got, it's like a double layer now. You've got Beast Mode that has that name. Now you've got to say, well, it's it's CrossFit. Yep. Well, I don't want to do CrossFit because, or I can't do that. I'm not in shape. I, let me get in shape first. <laughs> so biggest misconception i hear yeah i want to get in shape before i go to beast mode class yeah but yeah um i agree 100 with uh, what you said um i mean even place like you look at uh is crash still affiliated they're not right no no so i I, you know i just want to be in the kind of on the same boat you know like we're still like level one coaches great coaches um but we just not call ourselves um cross it because we don't pay the annual uh the, the fee every year i think you guys i think in in hindsight i think you guys were smart you guys were first to the mark to to not be affiliated i think the tragedy that happened with glassman and his remarks and caused all the other gyms to disaffiliate may you know and while we have the guy the gentleman now is may have opened a lot of eyes for a lot of people yeah you know you you know you go you have a level one cert class you can go get that cert and they tell you in the cert you can coach you just can't advertise that you're you know a crossfit or whatever so you can just have your own backyard gym mm-hmm. and i'm a level one cert crossfit trainer but i'm still going to teach you crossfit it's like a cow you give away the, you can get the milk for free yep you know yep. and you can go start wherever you want and, so. and the reason why also kevin is like i said like i'm not targeting the nest you know some if somebody googles crossfit i'm not targeting that person it's obviously if they come that's great mm-hmm. but i'm targeting the uh, the member that was looking for a ymca who goes there um and then it's like wow this is this is cool so you're offering them an opportunity yeah, does that make sense yes yeah. no it does yeah, it's, you're think, offering them an option so that's why I like the name even beast mode and we're not affiliated and and, and it's it's been great uh, yeah. you know no. It is very hard because I would talk to my friends and I would be like, why don't you come, you know, everybody says this, why don't you come try CrossFit? Oh, no, no, I can't. It's, you know, and and it's, whereas Beast Mode is already in-house and people are walking through the building yep. and they see you guys doing that kind of stuff and they see the whole age range so they know they can pick out somebody in and that's them. Whereas CrossFit is more, it's not hidden away, but it's it's like you have to physically get up and go there to see what it's about. That's true. <laughs> yep, whereas, that's true. whereas Beast Mode yeah. at a YMCA, it's already there. It's yeah. in yep. the community, mm-hmm. you know. And so you're just like it's like a display case. Like you go to like a grocery store and say, yep. "Hey, I can get a sirloin, but if I walk over here to the better meat case, I can get a fillet." Yep. Right. You know, that's the that's a great mentality to have if yep. you're going to do that. You know. And you've obviously, you know, you guys have done that. That's yep. So my hats off to you guys. I toast you guys, you know, for that. Thank you. You know, that's 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 thinking out of the box. It really is. Yep. For sure. So I think a big question that a lot of people want to know, Paulo, 
The other day, Gordon put out a post on Fittest of the Upstate. Who do you think is going to be the male elite winner of Fittest of the Upstate 2021? And you, my friend, I think got the most vo votes on the, at least that I saw. There was a lot of Paul Pacinis. <laughs> so um, are you going to do the Open this year? And are you going to try to qualify for Fittest of the Upstate? Well, I appreciate everybody who voted for me. Um, but um, when you have, you know, Athletes like Josh Miller, um, what's the name of that guy? Just one, um, Jason Hopper. Jason, J Hopper, Jason yeah. Hudson. I mean, come on. <laughs> I appreciate everybody even just to think about me. Um, but good lord, like I'm talking like Josh Miller is like when I competed against him, like at the Beast Mode Games, and obviously he beat me. It's like one of those things, like man, this this dude is fit, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but at this point, I, I don't know yet if I'm gonna do it. And the um, reason why is um, the Apogee team, actually. I've been talking a lot with Kara, and uh, our plans for next year is to go to um, a team competition, a big one. Mm -hmm. I, I knew she already talked about Wadapalooza. Kara, you need to start swimming, girl, because they mm -hmm. do have swimming. Um, <laughs> Wadapalooza, and then she's already talking about some other competitions. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to focus now. Not maybe not so much on the individual ones, um, but I I think the team competition I think for now for me uh, that's where it's at. That's where I still have fun, mm -hmm. and that's why I want to continue to do it and push myself and go work out on the team aspect. I mean, like because if you think about it, if you're traveling to Miami, it's one thing for me to go you know book, book, book a hotel and then go by myself and go there and then you know get my butt kicked and then come back home. Then if you go, you know, with you and Laura, you know, and Kara and Steve and, and, and the Apogee team, and now you're down there and having fun, mm -hmm. um, and that's where I want to focus on uh, moving forward. So I haven't decided yet what I'm gonna do. I think that's a lot of what a lot of athletes think now. It's it's hard. It's not hard to do single. It's not hard to you know. It's they have more fun with it as a team. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're always grown. We as our culture, as sports in general. It's team oriented. Yeah. You know, the only sports that you play singly are swimming, wrestling, yeah. you know, tennis. Yeah. You know, so the mentality for team is there. And yeah. And, uh, and honestly, with a kid and wife and working a lot, um, I want this to be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, I, right now, I don't want it to be like when, uh, hey, I get home at 7 p.m. instead of me going to play my daughter. Now I got to go hit an interval training on the rower because sure. I have a competition coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, in uh, the team aspect, you know, it kind of it gives you a little bit of more freedom to, you know, um, still enjoy it and have fun and be competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, we down to um, go into the like, you know, um, I'm not getting enough hours of training, so I'm going to leave my family down the side and I'm going to go train. Right. You know, yeah, no, that, I, that's, I totally that's get how that. I, I feel it. And yep. yeah, plus I'm, it's not 2013 anymore. I'm getting old. So 35 just turned 35. Well, it bears out, though. I mean, like you, the whole thing about the team aspect of it bears out in competitions. You see it more and more as years go by that teams are more, there's more team aspect of it than there are single athletes. Yeah, like, like I said, I think I was ta talking to someone about, like, they just went down to Myrtle Beach and did a team competition. I think it's just, like, fun for you yeah. to go. Yeah. And then instead of if you're going by yourself, and now the logistics is like, you know, you gotta go rent a car by yourself or go take an Uber and then go eat or bring it home. I don't know, by yourself, I just don't, I wouldn't go like, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know if I would go. 
at this point in life to you know by myself to compete like you know that's a big competition but a team now you're talking about you can go have fun you can go to the team it can bring Brooke can bring Glar mm -hmm. you know it, it's just change you know especially right. the Apogee team like they, I think it's so cool uh, and that's what like we want to focus at least for now that's what I want to focus moving yeah. forward that's cool so when you say the Apogee team what's that Man, that's the <laughs> David O'Keefe here. Right. Um, had a pretty uh, good concept of bringing, you know, even more the, the all the communities together with uh, Apogee Podcast and decided, hey, uh, why don't we do a team? You know, thinking outside the box, uh, let's put a team together. We have so much talent in the upstate. I love, man, you you won't believe like how fit people are around here. Uh, and David was like, all right, let's put a team together. Um, and then we start going to competitions. And we you know, we wear t-shirts, um, David help us out if we have injuries and, and all this stuff. And it's been great. Uh, kind of connect me and Kara and Steven. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens moving forward. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I It's really fun working with all the Apogee athletes. And if you guys don't know what that is, follow us on Apogee Therapy Center SC. You'll see a lot more about that. Um, but just focusing on sports recovery, right? Uh, just from not 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 even from injuries, but just recovering from the daily grind of working out, you know. Um, lots of cool little videos on there. So if you guys check that out, that's our plug for Apogee Therapy Center PT, but uh, or SC is the handle Apogee Therapy Center SC, but for physical therapy. But uh, yeah, I think um, you know wh whatever you decide to do, whether you decide to participate in Fitness of the Upstate, you know, just for you know, yeah, I'm taking, giggles. Yeah, like I said, that's cool. We're yeah. gonna support you either way. But well, I appreciate it. Like I said, like, you know, I might like I will be pushing like my yeah. athletes to go. I yeah. think it's such a neat concept. It is. Too. It is. Um, but like for me, and it's not. You know, right now it's just like I'm focusing on something else for sure. Yeah, man, and um, we're excited to see where where the team goes and what happens. And I think there's like you said, so much talent in the upstate and. It's just it's just fun, right? Just watching it all happen, and so let's let's take it to rapid fire questions. All right, rapid fire questions, Paulo. Oh gosh, what is your favorite CrossFit workout? DT. What is your DT time? Four fifty one. Dang. All right. What's your favorite? I just recently hit it. By the way, um, I don't know. It was. See, that's what I'm saying, bro. You're peaking right now. You're thirty five. I'm so. I think I was. That was the first workout. Um, back um, no first workout in the new box and uh, I guess I was just so excited man mm -hmm. I was like I'm just gonna go for it if, if I don't make it who cares mm -hmm. you know I'm just gonna do it um, and then fast. and I start bouncing that bar like like and uh, I got round number four I looked at the time I was like man I'm I'm, I'm dying but I'm, I'm, I want to do it I want to go sub five so let me ask you this real quick. I, I, mean, I don't mean to differ from it, mm -hmm. but so are you? You don't think you're going to do the opening? Is it because of how they've changed it back to February? Like, was your mindset set where okay, the open's going to come in December, uh, October, or whatever? Did you, were you on that mindset? Because obviously, you've been doing CrossFit since 2013. Yeah, they changed it from being February to the back end of you know October. Yeah, was your mind kind of sort of in that realm where you're like, okay. I got to train and now it's going to be in October, but now they're moving it to February because obviously you said you just peaked on DT. I mean, is that where it is in your frame of mind? You're like, I've got to go back and reschedule everything. 
a little bit, but like I said, it's just like my focus is not is not there anymore. Okay. And, and uh and I want to make it like more fun out. I got you. And fun to me is still being competitive, but on on a team. Gotcha. Oh, no, I you know that. I think I feel uh, like back in 2015, 2016 when we were working out together and training, like your whole mindset was completely different back then to what it is now. I think yeah. back then you were really trying to be the best in the upstate, which you were, right. um, or at least you know top five. Yeah. Um, I think right now I I don't think a lot of people realize this, but this man juggles a lot of stuff on his plate just like every other mm. mid 30s 40s person does right we all juggle a lot but he is just extra fit on top of that yeah. and i guarantee you he could jump into that competition and podium and i'm not oh, just no, saying man. that he could podium <laughs> if he That's if, if he put in a little bit of extra extra work at least top five um and that's just being straight. But yeah, but DT, like, I love, if you know me, I mm-hmm. love some barbell uh, workout. Uh, and I love some cleaning jerk, you know, and cleans and shoulder overhead type of stuff. Um, one of my, one of my biggest, uh, even like cross, like, because I know you're a weightlifter, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a small dude. I'm 182, 185, sometimes 187. But in 2018, I actually hit a 350 cleaning jerk. Um, that's more than I've ever hit. I, I like weightlifting. I like the concept of it. I like moving the weight. But I, I, I've, you know, I like I said before, I had quit CrossFit basically, and then I got back, and so I, I'm close to my totals. But my totals were never huge. Mm-hmm. You know, I ne- I'm not somebody who's going to go out there and clean and jerk 300 pounds. I'm just not. I'm frustrated that I can't. Yeah. You know, and that's more mental and technique. It's it's the smaller mm-hmm. fine points that I have to tune into. Yeah, but uh, funny stories kind of leading up to it. Um, like I said, I'm a small guy. But anyways, um, in 2014, I was at a, a little... That's when the Beast Mode Games wasn't big. Uh, they had one, and I think actually Brandon and Chris won that year. Mm-hmm. But that was my... I was, I was doing CrossFit, and then I joined... That was my very first competition two months after... I had started. I would still wear my um, Nike pink Nike Pegasus shoes. Um, you know, <laughs> it's like like three inches of cushion. It was a running shoe basically. And then one of the event was find your one rep max cleaning jerk. Um, and I that day in 2014 I hit a 225, the ugliest cleaning jerk you've ever seen. Because I I was doing CrossFit for two two months at the time, but I saw some of the guys hitting 275, 280. And when I looked at it, I was like, holy cow, man, that guy is so strong. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe it. So then after I hit the 225, I looked at my partner and I said, one day, this was in 2014, I'm going to clean and jerk 350. Mm. This <clears throat> and he looked at me and he said, <laughs> kind of laughed, you know. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like a mean laugh or anything. It was right. just like... Sure. <laughs> Like, that's, that's you're funny. crazy yeah 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 which it is yeah i mean if you think about it so what is your cleaning jerk total my cleaning jerk is 350 and your snatch my snatch is about 255 to 260 and your back squat 440 and your deadlift um 485 Jeez. currently currently You're strong dude but currently though like i it's 450 i don't do a lot of that how tall are you five nine five ten so you're you're basically a froning framework 
Dude, but you he's are, got man. 15 pounds, 20 pounds on me. I cannot put uh, you like muscle man. I don't so. think I think that was your favorite topic of conversation in 2015 and 2016 was Rich Froning. <laughs> oh. I want to be Froning. Yeah. <laughs> man, man crush. You have that, yeah. You know, so, you're saying a lot of things that I've heard him say. Oh so. yeah, for sure. But uh, like, uh, but then that thing kind of stuck with me, and then four years later, I happened to hit the lift and and um. When I when I hit it, I I celebrate like I would like a, when I score a go like it was one of those things where like you man, run the corner of the mat rip off his shirt. I wanted to rip my shirt off, but you guys go back on his Instagram handle and follow him. You'll see that clean and jerk, and you'll see the celebration. It's pretty cool. It was he's, like one of those things. He's when wearing you kinda, the red YMCA shirt. Yeah, it was one of those things where you kind of go like, man, you I'm you know, you did it type of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, it's like was, re- reaching the mountains, reaching yeah, the goal. It's that huge. was pretty cool. So, would you say that's your favorite CrossFit moment? That and um, the uh, when I talked about the Brazilian uh, Championship um, CrossFit that I went down there with such a high, you know, amazing field. Like and, uh, this event, like I'm like I, I was thrown there, but when I got in, the the guys that wanted to book a hotel for me, they'll pay and they'll pick you up at the airport. Mm-hmm. They'll take you to the event. Which was held at the biggest stadium in my city. Uh, like I said, they had the, the screen. People would have to pay ticket to go in and watch. And uh, and I was in front of my parents for the first time. Yeah. So I and then it was a field of thirty individuals. Um, and one of the van dude, I swear to God, it was like we had to do a rope climb, and that rope was literally three hundred feet up in the air or something like that. Obviously, you have the thing right. on your back, but uh, I'm scared of heights, man. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> so I did terrible in that event. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then after on the second day, I was kind of in between like 15, 15th place, 14th place. And I was like, I want to make in the final, final heat, final event in front of my parents. So then the one of the workouts was originally you run around the soccer field and then you go through an obstacle course. And they said you, you had to do that three times. So I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna go everything I got because if I if I if I place it well here, I, I might have a shot and get in the top ten and make it to the final heat. So and then we started. So it basically went from a 300 meter run, and then as soon as we run on the, fir- the end of the first lap, they this guy came in front of us and then told us to go somewhere else. So in my mind, going to the event was to be three rounds of 300 meter run plus obstacle course. It went from from there to three rounds of a mile run with the obstacle course and that was after the initial sprint Jeez. because it was a short workout right it wasn't a mile but it was like point um 0.75 or something like that right and then uh, and that mentally like kind of got me but i wanted to make the final event so i ended up doing really well even though i don't consider myself a good runner uh, i ended up really well the obstacle course was really good for me uh and then i made it to the final final event um in front of my parents so that's one of my proudest moment for sure that's awesome. All right, buddy. Uh, tell us what song you're gonna play when you're ready to rip out a five minute AMRAP. I'm old school, man. I like um, Fort Minor. Remember the name? <laughs> you knew us. Got me to crank that. Yeah, I knew that for sure. <laughs> All right, you're up, dude. All right. Well, you already. Had, what What is your favorite cheat meal? Pizza, man. Pizza. I love some pizza. If you could be any piece of gym equipment, what would you be and why? I was going to say barbell, but I think it would be too easy. I'll, I'll say sandbag. 
and why is so if you pick up a sandbag and it's not all the way you know filled up and and it's kind of going to take a shape of around your arms if it's not all the way full and that's the ability to me telling me the ability to adapt to certain situations how i've adapt coming to united states and learning the culture how i had to adapt to you know pretty much everything in life man like everything changed so much and for me to be able to learn a new language a new culture um i i I don't know sandbag doesn't sound cool though yeah that's awesome sounds like you're sandbagging something but (laughs) i'll I'll go with the ability to adapt out of that I like that. All right, man. Last question. It's Sunday in Madison, Wisconsin, and you find yourself in the top three of the CrossFit Games. Which two athletes would you choose to go head-to-head with for the top podium spot? Oh, man. You know. My man crush. Frony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frony and Frazier. I mean. Frony and Frazier. Yeah, for sure, I mean, man. for sure. I mean, what can you say about that those guys? That was the thing, man. Like, when we were working out together, Froning was still on top, and Frazier was right below him, so we always come, he was always Froning, and I was Frazier. <laughs> I'll just be Lucas Parker. But I wasn't even close to that. I was just an average Joe. He was actually good. Um, all right, man. So, loved having you on this podcast. I think a lot of people saw a, a side of you that they didn't really know. Um, love talking about the Beast Mode program and how that's growing um so where can people get a hold of you like social media you know yeah um i'm on instagram um paulo passini bh um and people ask me about the bh come from this Belo horizonte um where i was born and raised basically um you know i'm at the ymc in powdersville it's kind of in the middle of nowhere right now, but that area is growing so much, and you know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 153, um, basically, you take the exit out of 85, then you you know get on 153, then get on 81, and right there, it's a 15 minutes from downtown Greenville. So it's a great location, beautiful campus. Um, yeah, social media and uh, and then the Powdersville Beast Mode handle. Yes, and uh, I've been handling that um, the Beast Mode um, Powdersville um, Instagram account. Yep. Yeah, so hopefully if you guys ever ever have a chance, get down there, see that facility. It really is beautiful. Me and Kevin are heading there tomorrow yep. with a couple other athletes to do a workout, um, which we're going to photograph and maybe film. So get on social media and watch that. But if you get a chance, go check that gym out. Hopefully we can get a pretty awesome Beast Mode games running up in that, in that facility again because it's perfect for it with the pool right there. Um, anyways... Thanks for coming on, man. Love ya. You heard it here. Apogee Podcast.